This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 41. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, which I think might be more relaxing than any that I have ever recorded before, I first of all have to tell you that if you're listening to this episode on the day it goes out, that is Wednesday the 14th of March 2018, that my class The Insta Retreat is going to be on sale this morning, well today, at my website meanola.co.uk forward slash courses, you'll find all the details there. It usually sells out within the first hour or two, our last class sold out in record time. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in taking a look, hop online now, don't wait till the end of this episode because I know it's really horrible when you miss out on something. And if you'd like details of future courses and upcoming things like that, make sure you're on my mailing list and you'll always be the first to know. Okay, this episode I recorded on the most beautiful, silent, snowy day and it was made all the more soothing and relaxing because I got to speak to the voice of my very favourite guided meditation apps, Andrew Johnson. If you've not come across him before, I'm going to let him introduce himself and what he does in the podcast, but I will tell you that he's built a relaxation empire out of apps and his genuine passion and his connection to what he does is still really evident in everything he does. He is the epitome of hashtag authentic. So I called him up to ask all about his more unusual business model and to find out about how we can all as creatives be making more space in our minds and in our lives to let inspiration flow and maybe to just give ourselves a bit of a break. Stay tuned at the end if you like what Andrew has to say because he shares a discount code for everybody to use if you want to pick up his app that I will share details of along with the show notes at the end. Hi Andrew, welcome to Hashtag Authentic. Oh, thanks, Sue. That's lovely to lovely to be invited. So I am familiar with your work, but I'm aware that maybe not everybody has heard your voice before. So for anyone who hasn't come across you, could you just give us a bit of an introduction to what you do? Sure. Well, I'm a therapist to trade. That's that's what I've been doing the last twenty five years. But in the the last ten, my recordings, which used to be sort of cassette and then CD and then mp3s the last 10 years they've become apps on the app store and that has been sort of transformational for my business so most of the stuff i do is now online and you do uh, real life workshops as well do you yes i'm starting those again i I took a break for a while because i had done too much traveling but i'm doing Mm -hmm. uh starting some workshops again teaching coping skills and mindfulness and all the things that help people sort of develop more resilience which is a big thing these days skills for the modern world skills for the modern world yeah absolutely (laughs) i actually have some of your apps it's very nice to hear your voice again hopefully i won't fall into a meditative state (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll keep away from using my relaxation voice as much as i can But I I imagine that's quite a common thing, like your voice is now in lots of people's homes, on their phones, all around the world. Yes. Which is amazing. Well, uh, yes. As I said, it was was transformational. I always knew that the recordings I did for clients and then were really popular. And I knew that when they became MP3s that I was getting some great feedback from them. But it took the change into the App Store to make them really successful. I've got a business partner in Seattle who does the, the, the coding and the licensing for the apps and I do the content. 
But uh, yeah, the last 10 years has been a bit of a roller coaster on the App Store for us. It's been wonderful. You know, you're saying 10 years and that that's a long time. Like, I think most of us struggled to remember having an iPhone 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, so it's a, it seems like you were quite an early adopter of this whole idea before the apps like Headspace and things that I know people are familiar with now. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to actually go back in time and and find out exactly what was on the App Store. But I think I'm pretty accurate in saying I was probably one of the first, if not the first, to do the sort of meditation, eyes closed recordings as an app. Mm, I think so, because that's I think that's how I found you kind of way back then. Yeah, we were we were in the App Store. I think even before the App Store had opened in Britain or or, or <laughs> Europe. Uh, there was there was twenty six thousand apps at that point on the app store. There's now nearly three million, so it shows the the difference. Wow. Yeah. So we were very early. To, if I'm being perfectly frank, it was a bit of an experiment for both of us. We really didn't know what was going to happen, but as I say, it was it was it was a good move. It certainly was. What what prompted it then? If it, you kind of you didn't know it was going to work, which is fair enough, but you knew the MP3s were popular. Was it your partner's idea, or was it kind of? Well, I. I'm happy to admit I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy. I really am. And when the iPhone, when I heard the iPhone was coming out, that's what I wanted. And when Steve Jobs announced the App Store, I thought, "Wow, this! Gosh, maybe I could, maybe I could get some of my recordings on it." But it turned out that my business partner Michael, who's a a, a lawyer in Seattle, had been doing some really early coding for uh, the Palm Pilot which many people won't remember these days, but the Pan Pilot was a very early attempt at a smartphone. And uh, when the App Store started, he did a couple of little apps really quickly for the App Store, but him and his wife had been using my deep sleep recording hmm. as a CD and had loved it. So he reached out to me, and I was in Scotland at the time, sort of jumping up and down, thinking, wow, I wish I could find someone to create an app. And he... I, I got this email from Michael and we decided to go ahead and release one and one became two and two became three and on it went. And how many are there now? Well, we have, I think, just over 20 individual apps for the App Store. And in the last two years, we've been building our new app called uh, Holistrio, which is a subscription app, which is the way it seems to be going for a lot of people mm. with a lot of content these days. And that just launched a couple of weeks ago, so we've been we've been really excited about this. But it's been it's been probably the, it's it's been two years in 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 building. So it was uh, January's been a bit of a a bit of a roller coaster for us, shall we say? So it's yeah. been great. <laughs> How exciting! Mm. So kind of following that model of people can pay a monthly fee and get access to all your recordings. Yes, yes, we have found that. There's been a huge amount of demand for me to record, shall we say, longer tail recordings and or subjects. So I've, mm. I've, I've been wanting to go into helping people with arthritic pain, with diabetes, with specific eating disorders, but also helping people in a more positive sense with goal setting, with visualisation, with motivation for exercise. And that's all the things we're going to be building in to Hillistrio as it grows over the, the, the next few weeks, months and years. Oh, how lovely to have a space where you can do that and kind of stretch out and yes. put as much out there as you want to. Yeah, we're looking at it as a sort of organic growing community of people and, and I 
I'm really happy to say that people have already started coming back to me and saying, can we have this and can we have that? And it's that's exactly what Michael and I have both been looking for in, in creating this sort of new model. So you mentioned community there. How do people get in touch with you? Is it social media? Is it email? Yes, well, we've got quite a healthy social media connections on Facebook, Twitter and uh, recently on Instagram, which I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, because a lot of the... A lot of what we do isn't really visual. Yeah. You know, it's more eyes closed. Auditory, yeah. It's auditory. So there's a lot of things that I would absolutely love to do, but we're sort of relatively restricted. So we're moving into little videos now to, to connect with people. But certainly Facebook has been great for existing users of all the apps and they've They've sort of connected on Facebook, and it's been a it's been a wonderful experience for me because previously with one to one clients and in many ways the corporate sector, you see someone once or twice and then they they go away and you're you're you know you're restricted by by confidentiality with clients, mm. and so it's lovely with the recordings that I get feedback and little stories from people of how they're helping. Yeah, and I guess they get to talk to each other as well, don't they, and connect that way. To a degree, yes, they do. And I've been able to connect on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and ask people what they would like to hear. I've I've had people choosing the names of the different apps in the past, choosing which icon we should use. And uh, I've just recently started doing some Facebook Live, which is, has been interesting. <laughs> so are they, are they live meditations? Live question and answers. Okay. Meditations I really want to do. We're building in live meditations later this year into our new app. But uh, certainly in Facebook Live, as you're probably well aware as a, as a social media expert. Can I call you a social media expert? You can call me whatever you want. Right, there we go. <laughs> well, what happens is, of course, on Facebook, you, you announce what's going to happen. I'm doing a Facebook Live at this point, and a great deal of people don't see that an announcement, even if yeah. you're putting it out four or five or six times over the, the, the previous 48 hours. And so I've hesitated doing live meditations because I believe there's going to be a lot of folk see it and join, and I'm sort of five minutes into Midway it. Through, so all yeah. they're seeing is me with my eyes closed and an occasional. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm going to experiment with it and, and see how it goes. It's exciting that we can do that, though, isn't it? That kind of this technology is evolving and we get to play and think of new ways to, to use it and try oh. things out. And if they don't work, try the next thing. Correct. It really is a new frontier for many of us, and I'm I'm uh, I I get really excited with technology and the way that it helps us communicate. But I'm also aware of the downside of it, where we're always connected. So it's a it's a balance. Yeah, that's very true, actually, and it it's something kind of we're mindful of a lot on this podcast because. Obviously, we're all connected via our... I mean, most people who are listening to this are connected to me via the internet. Yeah. And for a lot of us, that is... It's a bit of a lifesaver. It's a lifeline. It's a, a way to connect with like-minded people. But do you, do you think we are at risk of being over-connected? Yes, I think we are. I think we're being... I think there is a risk. In fact, it's not a risk. I know it's happening. There is... It's not so much over-connected, it's over-stimulated. Mm. I have a definite belief that for us to be well balanced whatever that means whatever those 
that those words mean. I believe that for us to be well balanced and relatively healthy, physically and mentally, we need time for daydreaming and rumination. And this used to happen generations ago, even a generation ago, even 20 mm. years ago. People would have time. They would have time on the bus or the train or walking to work. They would have time walking the dog. They would have certain sections of time during the day where they had just time for processing. And I think what's happened recently is that these little sort of islands of time that we all used to have are now filled with smartphones. You see it all the time, people on the yeah. bus or the train, and they're, they're staring at the screen. Now, there's nothing right or wrong with that, but the point is that what happens is that many people then go to bed at night and close their eyes, and the thoughts that should be processed during the day start to come up. And the, the mind is overstimulated, and that's yes. why we have a huge amount of people who have sleeping issues at the moment. It's so interesting. I think it's something like 60% plus of people have issues falling asleep. Is it really? And I'm aware of the irony that that I that our best-selling product helps people sleep, but they're using a smartphone <laughs> to do it. <laughs> so I think it's really nice. I think there's a growing pattern of people who say, okay, I'm going to have a time during the day that the phone goes off. I'll go for a walk without it. And I can tell you, that's a tough thing to do for a lot of folk, including myself. Including me as well, definitely. Yeah. And actually, there's a funny thing. If I go out for a walk in in the winter around here in Yorkshire, where I am, it gets so cold quite often. Mm. I'll set off with my headphones on, listening to music on my phone, and then my phone turns off because it's too cold for it to operate. Really? Wow, that is cool. <laughs> And then I have to, um, I'm just left with my thoughts, which is not something I am very good at making time for in the day. But I always have my best ideas in that sudden silence when it's just me and my head in the countryside. I come back and, and I've got all these ideas and I can't write them down fast enough. And it happens every time. But you would think that that experience would be enough for me to then go, OK, next time I'm not even going to take my phone. But it's it's so comfortable to distract ourselves, isn't it? Hugely. Absolutely hugely. And as I say, there's nothing really wrong and there's nothing really right about it. It's just the way of the modern world. And I think you can still take your phone and it's. I think it's nice to have it. It's just nice not to be looking at it for a while. Mm. I, last week I was over in Seattle, I came back just a couple of days ago, I was over for a business meeting with my, with my business partner, Michael. And I had a choice of flying Virgin or British Airways. And it was about the same time of the day. It was about the same price. And Virgin had Wi-Fi. And I thought, hmm, I'd quite like to go British Airways. They didn't have Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> I thought, isn't it nice that you've, that you've got this time on this flight that you're not connected? And so the phone was put off and put into my pocket. And I thought it was absolutely lovely. That's good. It's a very, that is a very mindful choice, which mm. isn't what we would expect from you, of course. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, <laughs> not all the time. What you <laughs> not all the time. But again, that's a conversation I've had on social media with people that, like, when you're on a train and you can't get Wi-Fi or a plane, all of a sudden those jobs, those bits of writing you were wanting to do and never did, or, yes. like you say, just the daydreaming that you never got around to all all starts to happen. And, and we've made jokes in the past about having, like, a freelancer train that just drives around with no Wi-Fi to make people do the stuff that they 
distract themselves from with Twitter. Oh, absolutely. It's the the mind is an incredibly powerful thing, but sometimes sometimes you need to just have quiet to let, as you said, on your walk, these beautiful ideas come up. These the, the, these huge boosts of creativity. And creativity is something that you can't make happen. You've just got to allow it to happen. You've got to give it the space to start to burble up. And it's incredible what happens when you can get past the the, the fact that you're listening to your own thoughts for once. <laughs> so in terms of your meditations, I know that one of the things you say is it's okay if your mind does wander yes. in that way to those bubbling up thoughts. Yes, because that's something I know a lot of people struggle with, with the idea of meditation, is mm-hmm. that they, they need to be completely focused on the task. Right. Well, there are there are people up the top of the Himalayas who have been meditating eight hours a day for 40 years, and their <laughs> minds wander. So, you know, don't get caught up in having thoughts coming up. The issue is not giving them energy. That's where people start to have troubles. You've got to regard the conscious mind and the thoughts that come up in the conscious mind like a little mischievous monkey. (laughs) And it's if you use that analogy and remember that, it's quite easy. Because if you think that your thoughts are a little mischievous monkey, if you try to push the monkey away, all it wants to do is get closer to you. And if you want to hold on to the monkey, all it wants to do is run away. Yes. And the only thing you can do is notice that that monkey's there and eventually the monkey will end up somewhere up a tree eating a banana and and will fall asleep. So the the secret is to notice the thoughts, to step back from them and let them pass. And and that seems an easy statement to say, but it it really is the only way to do it. So don't worry. When you're starting meditation, don't worry if, if... thoughts come and go that's just the nature of the beast that's how we're built how much time do you think people need to dedicate to meditating if they want to make it kind of a part of their routine well that's us that's a difficult question to answer because once you get into the routine of doing it you will start to miss it if you don't do it um, what we've done with Illustrio is we've started off with 10 minute recordings with meditation and that 10 minute recording increases by one minute every day to 30 Ah. minutes the actual words don't increase but the space between the words increases because for a lot of people it's the silence between the words that makes them a bit more aware of what's going on and to extend Mm. the silence ever so slightly every day makes them more used to it but i would say 10 minutes is a good starting point and extending up to about half an hour, but it's dependent on the time you have. What's more important rather than the time you do it is to, to do it on a daily basis so it becomes a bit of a habit and you start to miss it if you don't do it. It's about three weeks to create a habit, generally speaking. Uh, so once a day for about three weeks, we'll create some form of habitual behaviour. And does it matter what time people do it? I mean, presumably it's good to do it at the same time every day to build that routine. But but no, there's there's no there's no uh, better time. You see, I think one of the things that is important to point out is as soon as you start putting rules on meditation, i.e. you need to be sitting in this position at this mm. time for this length of time, then if people can't do that length of time in that position at that time of day, they think they're doing something wrong. 
And in actual fact, you should be able to do meditation at any point. But if you can set your, your alarm for a particular time of the day and you can minimise all distractions and you can sit comfortably and you can allow your mind to wander, then you will eventually develop a meditation practice that will benefit you hugely. Let's talk about the benefits. I'm sure you've seen this in your own practice and kind of through workshops and things over the years. Yes. What carrots can you dangle for people who are on the fence? Well, physical relaxation for one. I think there is a point where you get into meditation if you're sitting relatively still and you're sitting relatively comfortable, the muscles will start to relax. And in that relax, and I teach people relaxation first, before we even get to meditation, I teach people the basics of relaxation. But sitting still will relax the body. And what happens is that when you get into a deeply relaxed state, even for 10, 15 or 20 minutes, the body will detox quicker and it will recover and recharge quicker so many times after uh, 10 15 or 20 minute deep meditation you will feel as if you've had a, a maybe a one or two hour nap physically you, you feel recharged as if the batteries have been really recharged secondly quietening the mind allows a huge amount of creativity to come up and allows that processing so that helps sleep later on. Mm. It helps the creative patterns, the creative juices come up. And plus you start to get more of a connection with that inner voice, the inner voice that tells us which direction we should be going in. Mm -hmm. the, the inner voice that many of us miss nowadays that says, you know, you really need to take a little bit more care of yourself. or This is the direction you should be going in. That intuitive voice. And that's that's really nice to reconnect with that. That's what a lot of people are having difficulty with nowadays. We're very good at drowning it out, aren't we? Very good at drowning it out and missing the subtle signals that say that we're burning ourselves out or we're in the wrong career or we're doing things that are damaging to ourselves. It's so important to connect back with that part of ourselves. And a lot of people find that just spending some time with themselves in this very still inner state reconnects that part that they've been missing. I was just recording an interview yesterday with a courage coach who teaches people about kind of their fear and their self-doubt. Mm -hmm. And she was saying a very similar message that like the first step to dealing with those feelings of fear is to check back in with how you feel, how your body feels, what it's telling you, like what your gut's telling you about the situation. Yes. For the same reason that as soon as something is uncomfortable, especially we, we push it away and we, we maybe don't listen to it. And sometimes what our body is telling us or our gut instinct is telling us is is contrary to the plans we have or what we would like to think that we can do exactly so telling us to rest for example when maybe we would prefer to keep working oh it's it's so true absolutely it's it's so important to rest when we need to rest and i think meditation is it's a it's a real struggle i can tell you that whether you call it mindfulness or meditation or just deep relaxation there are a great deal of people through the apps or the workshops who will tell me that they're too busy to take mm -hmm. 15 or 20 minutes or half an hour to, to meditate or be mindful or to listen to the recordings. And the people who tell me that they're too busy and don't do it, that's fine, and off they go. But the people who try it will report back almost 100% of the time that they now have more time 
they'll get more clarity, they'll get more done. But that's just the proof of the pudding is getting to that stage and realising that if you give yourself that mental and physical reboot, you will have much, much more connection with all your resources and your creativity and your productivity and your clarity. Do you still meditate every day? I try to, yes, I do. And when you get into a stage where you've been meditating for a good while uh, over the years, you can go into that state, whether you're walking mm. or, or or sitting in a plane or a train, or you're just wanting to use the techniques to get to sleep at night. And presumably you become fairly in tune with kind of your own reactions and your your own emotions and your body responses so you know when you need it you know when you need to kind of yes check out and give yourself that space yes absolutely it's important that again building those habits you see i think what happens with when people start to use relaxation techniques or meditation or mindfulness you it, it you start off by using a technique and you might be listening to someone like myself or someone else who guides you through the technique but eventually the technique falls away and it just becomes part of you and then it's it just seems like a natural process and you forget how far you've come you forget Mm. how uh, how easy it is after a couple of weeks or months of of doing daily meditation or mindfulness or relaxation practices you forget what you were like three months before it just becomes part of you, a natural process. And that's lovely. It does sound lovely. And it sounds quite achievable. You know, three months from now, we could all have made that part of our skill set. Yes. And again, one of the things is that it just helps general well-being. And in a lot of cases, it's only when you look back and other people remind you of what you used to be like that you realise mm. how far you've come because it's a very general thing. It's like, I mean, I, I would imagine that you and a great deal of your listeners at some point will have had some form of pain that they've been carrying, some form of physical pain. You can have back pain for three months and it's it's part of your everyday life. You notice it all the time. And then something happens and that back pain disappears naturally or with some help from a chiropractor or whatever. And two days later, you've forgotten all about it. You forgot Mm. you were carrying that pain. And it's exactly the same with with positive changes. You know, a great deal of people use, as I say, my deep sleep app to get to sleep. And all of a sudden, they've gone from being, you know, sleeping one hour a night to sleeping right through the night. But then they, they forget what it used to be like. So it's the transformations happen in many, many ways, but it also seems really natural, which is lovely. That's how it's supposed to be, I yes. suppose. Well, that's exactly how it is supposed to be. Now, you don't have any apps for children, but do you think there's a research that says children can or should meditate? Well, we do. We, we've got a couple of... I think we've got one or two apps for children. I've certainly got MP3s. Oh, have you? There you go. I've not done my research properly. They are... I think for me, meditation is a funny one with children because it's a difficult thing to understand the process when mm. your mind's going at a thousand miles an hour like like kids do. Certainly from a hypnotherapy point of view, I would work with children six or seven years and above. Younger than that, it's kind of tough to get people to concentrate Mm, so they need a certain level of awareness certain level of awareness what i have found however is that i've had many many reports over the years that adult will play one of my cds or apps and you find that the 
the child who's in the same room will fall asleep or oh. start to become really relaxed. So the process works, and this works with babies as well. There's a sort of intention there that they just take the energy from the recording, but also follow the energy of their parent and start to relax. Yeah, I was going to say that especially babies are so intuitive to to how parents are feeling, aren't they? So that doesn't surprise Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And so for meditation for children, yes, they're, they're, they're little sponges and it's, it's wonderful, but I think it's much better teaching children basic relaxation techniques mm-hmm. to teach them that they're in control of how they feel. And once children have got used to this sort of process of relaxation and they do soak it up and they learn it, so quickly and they integrate it so quickly after that they've got a great deal of control over how they feel and then mindfulness is possibly the next stage which is gaining a bit more control over how the mind is and being sort of non-judgmental about it and realizing that your thoughts are your own thoughts that you don't have to pay attention to them so much that makes me feel better because there's no way my five-year-old would sit still for a meditation, but you do see them around. Absolutely no way. <laughs> Not a chance. But it was interesting. We did. I did ask on Twitter just yesterday, I think. I noticed that if she spends a lot of time watching TV, especially watching things on her tablet, mm. you know, past an hour, she starts to get really angry, short-tempered, frazzled, all those same symptoms that I guess we recognise in ourselves when we're overstimulated or spending too much yeah. time staring at a screen and so I suppose that's where that question came from for me was thinking it's the same problem but I I understand that teaching that relaxation for all of us is really the first step isn't it? Yes and I think it's also important to point out that again with the feedback I've had with the apps that once a child listens to something and they feel a benefit they're very capable of saying or, or understanding this has helped me, I'd like to listen to it again. Mm. So it's, yeah, there's there's been a, a number of folk, a number of adults that have written to me over the last few years, and especially in America, and they'll say, what was the one I got? There was one I got about six months ago that the mother had written to me and said that her daughter absolutely loves the relaxation, one of the relaxation apps I do, and but she thinks it's Shrek that's talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, well, fair enough. <laughs> she says, "Mummy, can I, can I, can you play Shrek for me tonight?" So uh, I thought, well, fair enough. That's, That's amazing. You yeah. could have a whole line of Shrek. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd probably get sued if I called myself that. <laughs> I think there's a trademark on that. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> Is there anything else that we should cover? Anything else that we? you would like to tell people? Well, I, I, I guess if you're talking a lot to your audience and your audience are uh, the, the creative types, mm. I think it's important to realise that the, the topic we covered earlier about creativity and productivity and, and clarity comes up much easier when you're not trying to do it. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a common... When I'm doing workshops, and you will hear in a lot of my recordings that I will say, you can't make yourself relax, and you can't make yourself sleep. And ironically, if you don't give a damn about it, you will start to relax, and you will start Mm. to sleep. The problem is that many people will wait 
until they're stressed or wait until they can't sleep before they and then they try desperately to relax or try desperately to fall asleep or they try desperately to think of you know think of creative ideas and in actual fact it is the complete opposite to that we we need to take our minds away from the problem and get into a relaxed state and just gently allow it to happen and when you learn the simple techniques that will help you into a relaxed state from there you can go into meditation from there you can go into mindfulness from there you can start giving yourself positive affirmations or creative visualizations and that's where you start getting your your these little kernels of power and clarity and resilience and creativity from there's no doubt if you if you look at the great masters in the past einstein and edison and beethoven and steve jobs and they will all when you read their stories they all say the same thing it is in the daydreaming or the falling asleep or the waking up that they're great revelations the mm. great step forwards came. You can't, when you're trying to force an idea or creativity, you're trying to do it with your conscious mind. And that's, in my opinion, less than half a percent of the, the total mind. So you've got to find ways of putting the instructions into the inner mind, the unconscious mind, and it will come up with the answers. But you've got to give it the time and the relaxation and the freedom for those answers to come up and they always will for me it's yeah the times that those they come up if i'm not making enough time to kind of sit and think is in the shower or if i'm driving it's always when i can't do anything else and i'm Correct. not distracted yep uh, or like you say in bed at night and i've turned off the light i'm lying down and then all of a sudden all these all these things come to mind and I have to wake up and write them down and then get back into sleep. <laughs> I know, it's it's incredible. But, you, you know, this is a common human thing. There's not one human on the planet that doesn't wouldn't agree with that. It's just we just need to remember it. We need to give ourselves that freedom to allow the creativity and the intuition to come up. And uh, it's fascinating when it does. It's surprising, really, that we're not better at it because it's so rewarding. Well, we're not better at it because we are absolutely bombarded with information all the time or we are thinking about what's happened in the past or we're worrying about what's going to happen in the future mm. and that's where mindfulness comes in it brings us back to the moment it gives us techniques to bring us back to be in this moment as Eckhart Tolle would say this is the only moment we have and it's in this moment we've got our power it's a hugely powerful concept actually I remember I can't pronounce his name Eckhart Tolle, did you say? Eckhart Tolle, yeah. Although he has, some people will say Tolle, but I think it's Eckhart Tolle. Well, people can tell us if, which one's the right. Correct. People <laughs> listening. But I remember reading, reading that, reading some some of his work on my phone. I think I was so I was so stressed out. I had loads of things going on, and suddenly that notion that really hit me that like actually it's it's just now. It's just now, and and what's happened has already happened, and what's going to happen hasn't happened yet. So those things can't actually hurt us. That it's it's such a powerful thing. But until it clicks for you, I think until you hear it in the right phrase or you read it written in the right way, yes, it sort of doesn't make sense to you. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense for a lot of people with that sort of learning, repetition is the key. If you actually look at the message, most of the messages about mindfulness or meditation or relaxation, they're actually really, really simple. 
I mean, meditation, you can teach someone in less than five seconds. Close your eyes, and if your mind wanders, come back to the breath. That's it. <laughs> but that's all very well, just saying it like that. But most folk actually need a little bit of guiding. They mm. need their hand held with it. And that's why a class is important. And that's why audio is important. And the simpler, the better. And as soon as you take the bells and whistles out of, out of simple meditation, mindfulness or relaxation people start to get it. And when you start to get it, you feel the benefits. And when you feel the benefits, it becomes a habit. And all of a sudden, it's a daily practice. And uh, life just becomes transformed. Well, I'm feeling inspired to go back and uh, make it part of my routine again. All my good <laughs> intentions slide to the side and it's it's disappeared from my life. So it's coming back to me. Good. Where can people find more of your work and your apps if they want to join me? Well, if you put Andrew Johnson into Google, uh, which is G-O-H-N-S-O-N, uh, you'll either find the disgraced American president who was impeached <laughs> in, the, in the 1800s, or you'll, or you'll find me, if you put Andrew Johnson relax, you'll find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our new app is called Holistrio, H-O-L-I-S-T-R-I-O. And again, putting that into Google, you'll find the app. It's available on all platforms, Android, and Google Play and Amazon and iOS on iTunes for the, for the iPhone and the iPad. And also web-based, so if you've got an internet connection on any device, you can access Holistrio. See, there again, you're just keeping it keeping at the edge of, of the technology, making sure that you're doing you're covering all the bases, which is really good to see. Well, yes, I think it's, it's a big thing for us at this point. We've had a number of people over the years who have bought a number of our apps on Android or iOS, and then they write to me and they will say, um, I've got six of your apps. And uh, I'm changing from iPhone to Android. Mm. And I, I have to write back and say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, you need to buy them again. This is, we, you know, this is a, a platform issue. It's like Xbox and PlayStation. The games don't work on, on, mm -hmm. on other devices. What we're able to do with Holistrio, however, is now people sign up for an account and they can... If they change platform, they can they just change take that account with them. They just download the free app and start the account again. And that's lovely. That's lovely to be able to do. We also recognise that although it's a subscription app, that many people will come along and get what they need in one month, whether it's for insomnia or stopping smoking or confidence or positivity. So some people will use it and get exactly what they need in one month and they may never need it again. And some people will come along and join and will come on a journey with us into deeper meditation and mindfulness and greater sort of positivity and optimism. And that's great. Our tagline for Holistrio, in fact, the tagline that I've all I've used for the last 15 years in business is relax, change, and create. And that's what we want to help people do with with Illustrio. Be able to relax the body and the mind, be able to change negative things like addictions, habits, intrusive thoughts, pain, and be able to create positive outcomes like more motivation, more confidence, more positivity, more clarity. So it's a it's a great journey and I'm, I'm, for everyone that, that comes along and says hi on social media, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to bits because it's it, it's just lovely to connect with folk. Your genuine passion is, is really 
easy to hear it's really nice to hear and I think your excitement about the technology ties into that and kind of just goes to show the value of following your passions as well even if they don't initially seem like they're going to tie in with your work I'm sure when you were an apple apple geek in the early days (laughs) but but also working as a therapist those two things didn't seem like they were going to come together this way oh absolutely not I think you know I realize how lucky I am to have been in the business I've been in for 25 years. I Previous to that, it seems like a past life, and it was transformational for me. And I look back now at the journey I've had, and, and people will say to me, you know, career-wise, and I say, you've got to follow your bliss. If you put the love into it, it will happen. If you, if, if you do it for money, you won't love it. And if, if you do it for love, eventually the money will come. Um, but it doesn't really matter that much because no. we're following our bliss. Because you're still, if you if you're doing it for yourself for the love of it, then if nothing else, every day you've at least got that. Yes. Well, the last twenty five years, I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. It's it's just an absolute joy, and that's not to say there haven't been ups and downs uh, mm. in business. But ultimately, it's if you can find your passion and follow your bliss then whatever you do in life can be transformational. What a perfect place to end it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Sarah. It's been great. Show notes for this episode are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 41, because this is episode 41. And if you would like to have a try of Holistio Andrew's new app, you can go to their website and use the code meandorla, that's M-E-A-N-D-O-R-L-A, and that will give you 30% off any of the membership packages. I have included links to this and details of how you can apply the code and everything in the show notes for anyone who's a bit confused or maybe you can't write this down right now. So if you just swing by me forward slash podcast 41, you'll find all the details there on the notes. As always, both Andrew and I would really love to hear your thoughts and responses on Twitter or on Instagram would be amazing. And if like me, you're now committing officially to making time for some meditation every single day, come by and tell me and we can cheer each other on and maybe form a little gang, a little meditation gang. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and I will see you online. Thank you.